Hello, everyone, and welcome to the episode of Finding Yourself After Loss. I hope everyone is doing well. My next podcast was going to be in acceptance, but I have decided to do something that is going to be difficult for me. On December 10th um, will be my fourth year of anniversary um, of my husband's death. Now, I want to point out to everyone that I'm going to be sharing a story with all of you that will be difficult for me. I want to share this with you because I believe that when it was actually happening, I knew that it was happening for a reason and that um, God wanted it to be heard. So this is why I try to share it with people as much as I can. All right. And these are going to be events in detail of what happened two days prior to my husband's death. I'm going to try my best to not to break down because like I said, this is very difficult, but I believe it has to be told because it was really unbelievable. And for those of you that do not believe in the afterlife, I totally respect your belief system. And I understand that we're all in different journeys. So if you do feel uncomfortable in any way with things relating to the afterlife, I am giving you a heads up that this story is basically about what he saw prior to his death. So you can all click that button and turn me off. I do not pass any judgment on anyone that does not believe in this topic. I just ask for the same respect back. If you do choose you to listen, and I hope you do, my hope is that this story will at least make you think that maybe there is an afterlife and life after death. For those that do believe in the afterlife, I hope this story brings you comfort in knowing that although many of you may not have had experiences as your loved ones were passing, that they were telling you things that they were seeing, but at least this, I hope that this podcast will give you reassurance that they are still with us and they're in a beautiful place and and they're really by our side. So here goes. Please bear with me if I break down. I will do my very best to keep this podcast without any tears. Um, but you know how that goes. Many of you have heard my story when I have posted it on social media. But now you're going to hear it from my mouth. So the first thing I want to do is I want to start off by introducing to you my husband and who he was as a person okay he was not a religious man although he was brought up with a very religious family and they went to what they went to church every Sunday but as he got older he began to dislike certain dogmas about the religion I mean he appreciated his belief system that he was raised with his foundation but he really could not associate himself with certain dogma of the religion. He was still very respectful to others. And his mom was a devoted Christian till the very end that she passed away, going to church every Sunday. Now, having said that, he believes still in, in a creator. 
And for me, every, ever since I met my husband, we met at 17, we were married for 31 years, I always found him to be connected. Um, he was my biggest spiritual teacher in this lifetime. He taught me so much. Years later, we discovered a spiritual teacher. His name is Dr. Wayne Dyer. And as we saw him one day on TV, and he turned to me, and he said, you know, babe, this is everything that I've been telling you for years that I believe in. I just did not know how to put it into words as this man has done. Um, some of you might have heard of his teaching of Dr. Wayne Dyer. And if you haven't, look him up. He is amazing. He actually passed away in 2015. But he was a great teacher. Um, very open to things and, and just an amazing uh, teacher that helps you understand spirituality my husband believed always in living life to the fullest that's one thing I always learned about him he taught me how to live life to the fullest in those 31 years he did not believe in wasting any time or even sweating too much the small stuff like I would always do um, he would always tell me this life is like a make-believe life. This is just pretend. This is not really our home. He would always tell me that. I never quite understand where he was coming from. But those were words that would always come out of his mouth for some reason. Um, so when it was his time to die, he was almost like he knew he was only here for a short time. And he passed away at 48. But, you know, and he fully accepted the outcome. So... This was a little insight I wanted to share with you about who he was and his belief system. All right. Um, my husband got diagnosed the day before Thanksgiving on 2012 with acute myeloid leukemia. He was given two weeks to live with no treatment. When the oncologist informed him that he had cancer and the treatment was going to have to be very aggressive chemotherapy, he right there and then informed the doctors that he had seen his brother died at 34, his mom at 51, his cousin at 52, at 42, I'm sorry. And all of them had chemotherapy and they all suffered with the side effects and eventually they died and fairly quickly after suffering. So he told the doctor he did not want chemotherapy and he did not want to suffer. And then... You know, he asked the doctor, so let me ask you something since I do have this cancer. He was very calm about it. I was, of course, freaking out. Um, and he said, so how am, I, how am I going to die? And the doctor, in a very mild voice, said, well, you eventually will get very weak with your leukemia and most likely just die in your sleep. And my husband's response to that was with a little bit of a smile and said, well, that's not such a bad way to go, doctor. So that's who he was. Um, well, it pained me deeply that he was not going to take chemo. I fully understood it because it was something that we had both talked about, seeing his family with so much cancer. And it was something that we were both very much against the chemotherapy. So we were in it together that if any of us, either him or me, would get cancer, we would not take chemotherapy. We would not put each other through that. Um, this was our belief system. I respect those that, that did the chemo. I saw many of them do the chemo. And, and actually, you'll hear in the story later on that he was going to do the chemotherapy. Um, so a friend of mine 
found a place, since he did not want to do the chemotherapy, um, but she found a place called the Cancer Center, and they do the chemotherapy there, but they also do holistic medicine or, like, natural medicine to alleviate the side effects of chemo. So my husband agreed to go there and receive both the treatments of the holistic and since we both believe in the natural medicine, you know, that was something that he was willing to do. He says, I'm willing to go do the chemotherapy if I, you know, if something can help me with the side effects because that's something I don't want to deal with. And so while we were at the cancer center, he began developing a heart condition. And he had had a heart condition prior to this. And it was just not really diagnosed fully. But, um, but, he, but he was developing a very bad heart condition and he was transferred to Pennsylvania Hospital. I was told there um, that I needed to prepare for hospice because they had done an examination on him and they needed a triple, he needed a triple bypass. And he could not have the triple bypass due to the leukemia and he could not get the chemotherapy because his heart was extremely weak. So at that point, doctor sat down and I was all by myself in Pennsylvania. I'm not even from Pennsylvania, I'm from Florida. So um, they told me to prepare for hospice um, there and then. Now, the following is when he was already at the Pennsylvania hospital because he was there. And this, would, this was two days prior to his death. So let me begin the story. On December 8th, 2012, around 3 a.m., he woke up and he told me he was being visited by white lights. He said they knew everything and there were lots of them. They were checking out his emotions and um, now he was doing. Okay. Um, they seemed to be like alien beings, he told me, like nothing of this world. I, at that point, could not fully comprehend what he was talking about. So I said to him, hold on, babe. I need to get a nurse. He said, why? I said, he says, we believe in these things. Why? I said, well, I don't know what is going on with you. I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. I really need to get a nurse. He says, don't you believe me? I said, I need to get a nurse. That's all I need. I need to get a nurse. So I went outside and I explained to the nurse what was happening and I asked her. But the first words that came out of my mouth was, is my husband in morphine? What are you giving him? He's like hallucinating. And she said, no, he, he, your husband is not in any type of drugs. He's not even on sleeping pills. But I'm going to go check on your husband anyway. She was a very nice nurse. So she went inside. She asked my husband several questions. And of course, he answered them very coherently because he was. Um... So she turned to me and she said, honey, there's no reason for me not to believe what he is telling you. So I was a little puzzled with that. Um, after the nurse left the room, I hugged him and kissed my husband. And he was a bit upset at me for not believing him. So I sat down in the chair next to him, next to his bed. And um, I fell asleep. Around 5 a.m., still on December 8th, I woke up, and he was staring right at me. And he told me that the white lights were all over me and that they were checking me out. And that they were seeing 
they were happy with the results. And I asked him, and what about you, babe? And his response was, he shrugged his shoulders and said, nothing. He just, mm. no answer. He just shrugged his shoulders and said, mm, like, nothing. Later on that day, I, I called my mom in, I, in Florida, and I explained to her what had happened. And she said to me, what time did this happen? I said, it was about 3 a.m., and she said, honey, you know, at that time I was in bed praying for angels to surround you both and to guide you in this time of need. You know, so that was the first part. So later on now on December 9th, early morning, my husband asked to be seated in the chair. I helped him to get there because he was very weak. That day, people visited him all day. And after they left, he was tired, and he fell asleep in the chair. And I placed a pillow in his head, you know. He wakes up about an hour later, and he looked at the ceiling. He was staring right at the ceiling of the hospital room. And he said, I see it. I see it. And I kept looking up at the, the ceiling and I said, I asked him, babe, what are you seeing? As I tried to figure out what he was trying to see, he tells me I see this white tunnel as a bright light and it comes to my face and it leaves. And he explains to me and with his hands how it just got right up to his face and it leaves. And then he fell asleep again. But an hour later, he wakes up and he tells me they were visiting me again. I asked him, who, babe? He said, the white lights. He said to me, I understand them now better. They don't scare me like last time. He went on to say, they are beings. They're people. They're lots of people. And they're all of high rankings. And they know everything. And they're checking out my feelings and my emotions. He then tells me when I ask you to take me back to the bed. It will be time. And I was just, I was puzzled. I said, time for what babe what are you talking about is are you saying it's going to be time for you to die and he said yes and then he went on to say and it will happen after midnight so this was around 7 p.m on december 9th so about two hours later of course he asked me to go back to bed and it was the last thing I wanted to do was put him in bed since he had told me he was going to pass after midnight, of course. But I had no choice. Once I put him in bed, he had this wide-eyed look on him. And he looked around the room. And he said, what a beautiful view, as he looked out the window. And then he looked around the room. And he said, what a beautiful room. And then he says, 
what a lovely day to die today. I am so excited. And he went to sleep. My husband was never scared to die. And not once in the three weeks after his diagnosis did I ever see him cry. He told me he was going to a better place and he knew that. And that he would miss me. But he was always going to be with me. Those were his words. So later, midnight arrived. I kept looking at the clock and just praying and praying. As I sat there next to him and I watched the midnight rolled in. And he was still with me. Which was great. And that was midnight, December 10th, 2012. So he had survived midnight. After midnight, after it was min must have been about 3 a.m., he woke up and he looked very confused. He asked me, and he said very startled, like, what is it? What am I doing here still? And I said, babe, what do you mean? I said, you're at the hospital. He said, no, you don't understand. I have already expired. I said, what are you talking about? He said, no, I saw you crying in the middle of the room. I said to him, babe, you're still here with me. And then he just went back to sleep after I told him that. So then around 5 a.m., he woke up. And he said to me, oh, I am still here, aren't I? I said, yes, babe, you are. And of course, my husband always had that sense of humor, <laughs> which he died with, or he went to the other dimension, as I like to call it. And he looks at me and he says, oh, what does a man have to do to die around here? And I, of course, in, in tremendous tears, had to laugh at his sense of humor in this time. And I, of course... This was our relationship. I said to him, I said, you know, you're being very stubborn. And that is in God's hands. And if you continue to be stubborn like you are, he might just leave you here a couple more months. So he smiled back. And he went to sleep. And those were actually the last words I spoke to him. So around 7 a.m., his breathing was very hard. And he was taking very deep breath. And it was so hard for me to see him suffer. So I called his his wa cousin's wife. She became a widow two years earlier. And lost her husband. And he was 42. They were like brothers. We loved him very much too. And I said to her, I can't see him suffer. I can't. And I was just in tears and I just could not. And she told me to go back to the room and to kiss him and to tell him the following, that I loved him, to go towards the light and to be with his family and God and that I would be okay. I said to her, I can say all that except the last part. I am not going to be okay. I'm lying to him. And she said, you have to do this. You have to tell him that. So I did. 
I went into the room. I'm sorry. And I whispered in his ear those words. And I kissed him. And 20 minutes later, on December 10th, 2012, at 8.10 a.m., he passed. I began to cry in the corner of the room. And I realized I was right where he said I would be, which was odd. After 10 minutes, I decided I have to, you know, find myself back to Florida. Somehow I was in Philadelphia. So I went to the closet and I just opened the closet to see where the luggage was. I had to pack. And I noticed that under the... um, the bed, the hospital bed, there was a night light. And it had not dimmed. It had not. It was just stable the whole time. And the light was on the whole time. And I noticed that when I opened the closet door, it started to dim. It turned off very, very softly. Turned on. It turned off again. And then turned back on. This was three three times. Something just told me to sit right next to his body. And it and it just did it again. But it was just such a turning off so softly, turning back on and turning off. And it was at that point that I realized that it was a sign. He was just giving me a sign and telling me that he was okay and that he was on the other side. And that's my story. Those are the things that I witnessed prior. That between December 8th to December 10th of 2012, it changed me. My husband's passing was very traumatic, as it was to many of you, of course. But to have witnessed this man who was not really he was spiritual but he's not really religious it wasn't really like he would be like i see ghost or this and that no and to see this happen before me and not taking any more if you're not taking anything really was astonishing to me you know and um his death changed me and what i realized later now four years later was that um you know he was my my biggest teacher in this lifetime but he also taught me in his death even to the very very last minute he was teaching me um that there was another side that there was another side after we die that it was there that he was seeing it so i spoke to the doctors and i and i told them and i asked them and i told them my story and i said listen have you guys ever witnessed anything like this and they told me "Mm, we do we have um but many times the person is older and they're not as coherent as your husband being the fact that he was young and so you know they take medication and things like that so we don't really know, but your husband being the fact that he was young and he had his mind capable and able, he was really able to tell you exactly what was happening to him and um, and what, what, what he was seeing, um, which was amazing, they said. Um, 
the fact that the way it, it did. So to me, that changed me. Um, you know, it's it made him it, in a very odd way. And I know this might sound odd to you guys. Um, maybe you understand, but it, but it maybe accept maybe his death better because I know that I'm gonna see him again, and I know that he's with me. And I know that he's been with me. He's just with me in a whole different way. And of course, <laughs> I would give anything to have him back physically. It's not the same. But I can't do anything about his passing. But at the very least, I can find something to hold on to, to know that, you know, I'm going to see him again. I'm going to be with him again. And, um, and that it feels great. You know, and there's other events that happened to me, even right now that I'm remarried with Bill and that even dreams, which something I'll go into in, in another time. But um, but really, there's so many things that that still continues to happen that I know that he's with me and I can and, and he's just there, you know, so. I wanted to share this with you guys on today or tomorrow his anniversary, his anniversary of his death, and I hope that um, that it brings you at least comfort, some kind of comfort, to know. I mean, if my husband went through it, he, I'm sure, everyone has, in the same form, in the same way that you know that he passed away. Not all of us, obviously, can say things like he did, but. You know, the reason I share this is because something just told me that this story needs to be told. And maybe there's a reason why he died and, and the way he died and, and just sharing this with you. So I hope, um, you know, you guys, this brings you comfort because that is my goal always to bring you guys some kind of comfort in knowing that there's an afterlife, that we can't do anything about their death. But we know and we're going to see him again, all right? So that was my story. Thank you very much for listening to me and for listening to my podcast. And next time, I will do the one on acceptance. So for now, God bless you all in this very difficult journey. Goodbye.